Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. All right, welcome to our podcast. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub, two attorneys with Pasha Law practicing in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois. And this is where we cover business in the news with our legal twist. And today we're covering, well, I mean, this was this has been a pretty big news week when it came to terms of service. And I think, I think Matt, you put it well. This, what did you, what did you say? Be this was like the, I just got to pull that message up. Hold on, what's that? Yeah, I'm trying to think of something along the effects of this is the most riveting terms of service discussion I've ever seen, or something. <laughs> and it was. I mean. And, <laughs> And what he was referring to, of course, was uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, appeared before both the Senate and the House, uh, I think, I can't remember which committee, to basically put himself in front of a congressman to ask him a bunch of questions. And I, I'm, I'm sure everyone heard about it. I mean, there was a lot of interesting angles that everyone kind of took. You know, people were really focusing on how the congressman, a lot of them didn't know what Facebook was really and and it was shown by how they asked the questions and so forth. And I think for our purposes, uh, we're really focusing on this privacy policy, the terms of service, and how that relates to actual businesses that also run online businesses, whether it's a social media site or something else. Right. Because, I mean, any any online site should have a terms of service and a privacy policy, too. They're required to in some states. But, yeah, terms of service can make or break a lot of com- a lot of online companies and i don't i mean i don't have any numbers i don't know if they probably don't even exist but I, i'm very curious on how, what percentage of companies even put a lot of thought into their terms of service but let's r- real quick let's rewind or let's explain how we got here or how facebook got here so what basically what this is is an issue with how facebook handles uh, us- personal data of users What happened was Facebook, I'm I'm sure many listeners have heard, Facebook allowed a third-party developer uh, to access the data of roughly 87 million people. Then they turned around and sold it to Cambridge Analytica, a voter profiling company, which, and this is well known as they then uh, was used by the Trump party and presumably winning the 2016 election. So I think that's probably... You know, that aspect of it is what have gotten people really upset about this. I, I think, you know, obviously they'd be upset otherwise, but that last component of it with the Trump presumably winning the election because of this company collecting the data, I think, or getting access to the data, I think that's a big reason why this is such a hot topic right now. Yeah, I would assume if uh, the results were a little bit different than, who knows, perhaps there may have been a little bit of a different pushback. And so, so, yeah, you summed it up pretty well, and I think that's how everyone's kind of presenting it too, but I really feel it's it's not a fair characterization of what exactly happened. I, I think one critical piece of this, to specifically to Zuckerberg being there, was he wasn't subpoenaed to be there. Um, and, oh, yeah, it was and he also wasn't, I, I believe he wasn't under oath either. So this was all, you know, he could leave. I mean, he was there how many hours? It was over two days, right? Or it was like 10 hours total or something, but... He could leave any time he wanted, and you know it's he's. You know, I think this is more of a <laughs> PR thing for Facebook more than anything else because there's no legal requirement for him to to be there and, and say these things. And I I wouldn't be surprised if if he didn't voluntarily go, he may have been compelled to go. And so 
if you know if he if you're thinking you know and everyone saw this as kind of a lot of social pressure and public pressure to for him to do something and the question was asked are you going to testify right and so it made sense for him to voluntarily do this okay i found these dates because i think this is important so back in 2010 facebook launches this what they call open graph now most of you guys probably haven't never heard of that unless you're in social media marketing or you're in the developments of Facebook apps or related apps because it was at this point where Facebook actually made available to third-party apps with permission of the users on a, I think on a per app basis, basically allowing your, if you know, basically if you sign up with one of these third-party apps, things like your username, your gender, location, et cetera, would be shared with that app. And so you can understand, it, and by the way, even political preferences. And so you could see how some apps would um, actually be uh, it'd be a utility because, like for example, someone would build an app like you know how are you are you to the right or the left, and they would ask you a bunch of survey questions to tell you which candidate you're most familiar with. And you, you've seen those kind of things online, or it'll be even stupider than that, like you know are you know, which, uh, I'm trying to think of something silly, but like which office yeah. character are you most like, right? We're, we're thinking the exact same thing there. But. <laughs> okay, that's a little sad, but that's okay. So so that happened in 2010, but as, as users and people started to realize what kind of information that is being exposed, in 2014, they changed the rules a little bit, specifically to address an issue where the, basically your friend's, your, your friends that you, you know, you're friends with on Facebook, their data is not accessed by third-party apps just because you signed up on them. And that was in 2014. And so before 2014, and this is what I think is crazy is, so a third-party app ran by Cambridge was called This Is Your Digital Life. And I, I vaguely remember, I can't remember exactly what it did, but but what it did do, though, is ask a bunch of questions. It did expose your data, and almost 300,000 users actually paid to get this psychological test. And you take 300,000 users and multiply that by their friends, you could get an idea of how much data they were actually able to access. And apparently, when these rule changes in 2014 occurred, they didn't you know, retroactively apply and so forth. And so even though, again, even though precisely everything that Matt said and what people are, how people are describing what happened is accurate, it is, I think, important to understand that some of the information was just voluntarily provided. And the, I guess the question is, is it fair to allow people to remain naive that their information is going to be shared and, and who bears the risk of that? And I think that's the real conversation that's going on. Right, and I... <laughs> I don't think I have, I think I'm in the minority on my opinion on this. And it maybe it's just because, you know, we, <laughs> we draft this stuff all the time and just see it. And so maybe think differently, um, or, or, you know, the way I, I approach it is different because, you know, uh, all right, let, let me say a couple things here. One, I think Zuckerberg even mentioned this, like pretty much no one reads the terms of service. I think that's a given. Not not even just on Facebook, just in general, like any terms of service. And, and even lawyers don't. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a joke like, you know, oh, I, I, no one reads it except lawyers do. I don't think lawyers do either, except maybe if you're drafting them. Yeah. That's I, mean, it's, I mean, really, it's unless I'm drafting it or reviewing it, I think that's pretty accurate from my perspective. 
So no, no one's reading these things and it's just kind of implied that, you know, stuff's going to be in there and you might not agree to it, but you're just going to go along with it. But my whole thing is if you don't like it, then just don't use it. Like if you don't like what Facebook's doing, you can just leave Facebook. I mean, there's, it's not like it's providing that much utility or for, for a lot of people. I mean, maybe it is, but, but that's one, that's, that's one way I see it. But on the flip side, I mean, the, the way Facebook went about it, I don't think was, whether it was legal or not, I mean, the ethical side of things, I think, is a little bit questionable. And that's some of the, the uh, some of the items that were discussed at the at the hearing when they were he was when Zuckerberg was asked questions, I think, addressed that. And we can get into that piece later. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where I stand. I'm, I'm a little bit on both sides of the fence, but I'm leaning more towards, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, you know, you, you're the users are the one that are providing the information and, and agreeing to continue to be on Facebook. But you know, it's not that easy. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I am, of course, uh, in agreement and probably also in the minority or, or, or not. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people also understand. I'm, I, again, I'm sure there's a big segment that don't or did not. Maybe after today they do. But there's a, a that understand that when you're on any kind of social media site or anything online, that there's a there's some assumption that who whatever information you're showing them or providing to them is is stored and they know that about you. What I think is sometimes a challenge is people don't realize how much little tidbits information can expose so much of your privacy. In the sense that people don't realize that the the time of day and the website that you visit and what you search for or what you click on or you know, who your friends are, all these things are data points that really build a profile of yourself, yourself that may or may not be, you know, what you want other people to know about. Right. And I think that's, 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 what's a, a little scary for people, you know, yeah, which is understandable. No doubt. And I should say too, that you know, there's, I believe there's also instances of just Facebook sharing information, personal information when people are not given permission, um, and maybe they weren't supposed to. So obviously, if that's the case, that's it's clear cut, and that you know, <laughs> I don't agree with that. But I'm just talking more of the general. If you agree to sign up for some, you know, let's say, well, I was going to use an example of Instagram, but I believe they're all owned by Facebook, so maybe that's not the best yeah. example. <laughs> and what? Who else? What? And WhatsApp? WhatsApp yeah. Um, yeah. And that, someone asked a, a senator asked an important question. I think it was a senator asked an important question as to whether or not Facebook uses the messages between users and WhatsApp to actually generate advertisements. And I think, you know, I think that would be a concerning. And, and Zuckerberg specifically said that that's not the case and that those messages are encrypted. And, and so there is a, some kind of separation. And so I remember when Facebook bought WhatsApp that there was, that was a major concern by the public. Mm -hmm. One more thing about the hearing is yeah. you mentioned people can leave Facebook. And that's true. And that's why I don't think the congressman did a very good job in really pinpointing some of the actual real legal issues, because I think one of the issues that people have been kind of pushing for, I don't necessarily agree with it, is that should we treat Facebook as a utility? There, I think Ted Cruz did ask about a monopoly, but I think that's a little bit different. But to the extent that it needs to be regulated because of the, uh, you know, basically the necessity <laughs> that it has. But I think it's a very, very, uh, it's, it's not like, it's not like cable TV. It's not like power. It's not like water. Uh, and you can withdraw from it. Those that are addicted to Facebook, you know, there is a way. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the monopoly question was interesting. I saw that as well. And 
Zuckerberg said, you know, sure doesn't, he was asked if he thought Facebook was a monopoly. And I believe he said, sure doesn't feel that or seem that way or feel that way, which I mean, I know some people disagree with that, but I I would tend to agree, you know, (laughs) monopoly of what? I mean, if, if it's social media, obviously no. I mean, there's other, there's other avenues. I mean, at the end of the day, I know some of it's, it's business pages and, you know, uh, like public figure pages and things like that. But the majority of users are just normal people having their own personal page. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. It's a way to communicate with people and post photos, I suppose, and and other things like that. So is it a monopoly? I mean, I don't see it, but I guess... It seems like a stretch, right? Because it seems like most people have Facebook and a different account. It's not as if everyone just has Facebook and... And of course, Facebook is not the same as Twitter and is not the same as Instagram. The, the more, you know, I think the older you get, the more you like to group everything together. But there is there is some substantial differences, whether it's the community or how you, pre- you know, present data sure. is a substantial impact. But, um, but yeah. So this isn't wolf.com um, where every it's oh. <laughs> combined into one. Um, That's our second office reference. Yeah. I think we have to stop now. Yeah. Uh, That's the limit. So, okay, so let's get to the, some of the legal aspects of this. Uh, what I find interesting about this topic is that a terms of service and a privacy policy is is a site's opportunity to create their own world. There is not a lot of regulation when it comes to what you can and can't do within your terms of service and privacy policy. I mean, within within a normal degree of you know rational uh, thinking of as to what you can include in there. There's obviously some things that are pretty clear, like when you're collecting information from uh, children under the age of 13, then it's a whole different issue. Or if you're, whether or not you have to disclose certain things, like if you're selling data and so forth. But what's crazy about this with Facebook and so forth, you can create your own world, which Facebook has done, and set your own rules. If you do not want, like in, in Facebook's instance, if you don't want hate speech on your site, if you don't want nudity or other explicit material on, on your site, you can you can do that. If you want to do the opposite and allow hate speech and, and these kinds of things, you can do that too. And, it, and, it, and it's a cr- kind of a crazy world. And so that's kind of the question going on. Should they be self-regulated and so forth? And and obviously, if they had a, a social media site that had this explicit material, for example, or allowed people to post, basically harass people online and things like things of that nature, it wouldn't be a welcoming environment for users to go to anyway, and it's not a profitable business. And so I think that's kind of Zuckerberg's perspective when he kind of pushed back on uh, some of the questions last week. Yeah, they were hammering hard on the the regulation. I mean, like you said, they're basically self-regulated right now. They were. I think the one question in particular was dealing with a different different policy for for minor or for let's say minors, but I think it was sixteen and under or under sixteen or something like. Yeah, they wanted to do um, a privacy policy or, that's different or some kind of codified policy that protected minors under the age of 16, which uh, I'm not sure why yeah. that age and why not 18. <laughs> yeah, why not 13? Why not 18? 16 just seems like a random age. Pull. Anyways, but um, so like you like you were saying, I mean, this is the opportunity for the business to, to set the for the website to set the terms. I mean, the way to think of it is a contract. And so what you have in the terms of service and the privacy policy, those are the terms. And as the the website, you have to follow them. And it's, 
I mean, <laughs> I don't want it to make it sound that simple, but it really is. And so that's why I think a lot of people had problems with Facebook's previous for, and we'll get into the, the new policy or the new terms they just created as of a, a week or two ago. But you know, in the old version, and this is pulled from the hearing, uh, Lindsey Graham held up a stack of papers, the Facebook terms of service, and after reading aloud uh, some excer- excerpt from it said, I'm a lawyer and I have no idea what that means. Do you think the average consumer understands what they're signing up for? It's fair. I think we, I was touching on that earlier. You know, no one's going to read this, and even but even if they do, a lot of people don't even understand it. Apparently, uh, even some, even this senator. <laughs> and I, and by the way, Ted Cruz is an experienced lawmaker and lawyer, and so I think he's this was this was Lindsey Graham, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. same, same <laughs> yeah. thing actually. I mean, I think I you could pick every caucus right. say that. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, and then. John Kennedy said, he's like, your user agreement sucks. Um, basically just, you know, this very comprehensive thing that people, like any user would have to come through. Like I said, just to even get through, it's going to take time. And then to fully understand what they're saying. I mean, anyone that's read these things, you know, people are going to give up, give up on it pretty quick. That's just the nature of it. So, you know, I think that's the, the big issue that a lot of people had was, you know, that the, it's hard to decipher what was in here. And Facebook stance was, well, we have the term, like anyone that wants to read the terms of service, they go ahead. I mean, I think Zuckerberg had said, I'm trying to remember the first line they had in there, but it was something of, you know, the information we choose to collect, you know, but something at the beginning was like, we choose to collect this information. Don't choose to collect this. If you don't like it, you know, we can, you can leave this or don't leave the site or something to that effect. But again, it's, it's definitely not that simple if you go through and read the actual terms of service. Yeah, absolutely. And, and interesting when you, when you say don't understand, it's uh, it is interesting because there is a, there is a push among some sites that try to present their terms of service in the most easily, you know, readable fashion. Or if they don't do that, they, they, what they do is they write up a summary for it. And in fact, there's actually a site, uh, it is called, in case you guys are interested in this stuff, it's called TOSDR.org. And it stands for Terms of Service Didn't Read. And it's an interesting site because they basically said, say, I have read and agreed to the terms is the biggest lie on the web. We aim to fix that. And what they do is they, they give different classes and grades to Terms of Service. They also try to summarize some of the salient terms for you. And they have plugins and things like that. This is—I mean, I'm not trying to promote them, but you know, I, I don't know—you know—if they're—I don't know if they're for profit or not. But point is, is that these are there are tools that do this, and and frankly, these are things that should be done anyway. When we when lawyers draft contracts in a convoluted way, complex way, we've talked about this many times in the past. Oftentimes, attorneys do this, frankly, to make it more complex than it needs to be. You know, we're trying to create jobs for ourselves. And also sometimes it's used as a tool to hide certain terms. I mean, I, just, just to be frank, I mean, that, that's just what it is. If, if you have a term that you don't want to focus on, you bury it within the, in the agreement. And frankly, attorneys, we do that all the time. And so if you're, the more complex you're making it, then you're, you're basically giving into that culture. And if you want to perhaps consider a different culture for your website, it might be something to think about. Yeah, and I, you're exactly right. I was going to, I was going to say that as well, that, you know, oftentimes you have these very convoluted, complex terms of services. In terms of service, it's there's a reason that's the case. Usually, I, mean, I don't have any 
any data to back this up. I, you know, I, I would speculate that a lot of times there's something that they are trying to hide in there one way or another. And maybe it's something, you know, not that egregious, or maybe it's something that people would really, if they act, if users actually knew, knew about it, it would really affect the, their decision to, to continue to use the site. But, you know, again, going back to what Facebook was saying, like, well, look, it's all there. You should read it. But <laughs> I think that's one of the things that Zuckerberg got grilled for was, you know, look, this is not, you have to think that this is the average person using this and reading it. I mean, that, that has to be factored in. Like, this isn't even, this isn't even like a business sophistication. This is literally everyday users from children to seniors to, you know, all different countries. It's, it's definitely not as easy as you want it to, to seem here. And, and I, I actually like the idea of implementing laws for for sites that have a certain, I, I don't think any every single site should do this because I think it would be too prohibitive. But if you have a site of a certain size, and you know whether it's social media or otherwise, and you are collecting private data up to a certain amount of number, then I do think that you can require terms of service to be written in, frankly, plain English, and make that a requirement. They already have that. For example, a if you and this is a little bit in the weeds here, but if you have a health insurance plan with your employer the actual plan benefit terms have to be written in a way that the average plan participant can understand the language. And that's an actual law under ERISA that's required. And, and so you can, that kind of requirement to terms of service is, is I think just as, you know, it's so easy to just implement that. And, and it's not that hard to actually, you know, present that from an attorney's perspective to actually <laughs> revise your agreement to actually be understood. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Let's real quick, we'll go back to what, what Facebook did here. Cause like I had mentioned before, they actually revised their terms of service. I believe it has been over three years since the last time they revised it. And, and I didn't obviously go through and compare piece by piece, but some of the things um, stuck out. So the data policies has some more details. Um, it explains a couple more things such as the previous version. I do not believe mentioned Instagram at all. Um, the new one has, uh, let's see, an excess of 30 mentions of Instagram, which I think you'd mentioned this a little bit before. Like, is there any connection between the two? You know, claim Yeah, it. probably. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So now, now it's mentioned over 30 times. It's, you know, let's see. Actually, it says, including the fact that Facebook might use your Instagram activity, i.e. who you follow, to recommend stuff to you on Facebook, i.e. groups you should join. So there might, uh, and, now I, anyone said, yeah. I was going to say that's that's probably more transparent than a lot of these other guys because sure. you know um, they have you know you have a site that actually sells your data to these marketing networks and so you know everyone's experienced this anecdotally but if you search on Amazon or on another shopping site engagement rings you'll be seeing engagement rings everywhere on every site right and it's because you all of a sudden you get tapped into the, a specific ad network that has ads on across multiple websites then that's how your data is being shared. And so, you know, the fact that they're disclosing that is probably a little bit more, again, more transparent than a lot of these other sites do. Yeah. And then not to, I don't want to, to bore the listeners here, but just another one on here. The, I'm listening. The, so the new policy. I'll, I'll let you know if I'm <laughs> bored. The new policy says that Facebook can collect contact information if you choose to upload, sync, or import it. So we're talking an address book. We're talking a call log. We're talking a te- SMS text log. The old version didn't mention that. And basically what, what they're saying is, 
we're not asking for new rights to collect, use, or share your data on Facebook. We're also not changing any of the privacy choices you've made in the past. I mean, so I, don't know, I, I think they're just trying to be, like you said, be a little bit more transparent about how they're going about this um, as opposed to, you know, how it was over three years ago when it was last updated and why we're all, why, why Zuckerberg was, was in front of uh, Congress this past week. Yeah. And, and keep in mind when it comes to the privacy policy, when you're, when you guys are drafting your own or, you know, having your counsel do it, of course, uh, you Again, just going back to the top of the show, you don't have a lot of restrictions in the sense that if you want to say that you're going to collect all the data and sell it, then you can do that. Right? Now, now whether or not people push back, especially you know if you have so many eyes on you like Facebook does, and I think that's what happened. I mean, I I remember this this this, this discussion of privacy policy in terms of in terms of service for Facebook has been a long discussion. I mean. Let's let's just cut to the chase. I mean, Facebook is probably the first company to be under such scrutiny because you don't have the same data collection from Amazon.com. Well, you do now, but the same kind of sensitivity, right? You're not uploading personal pictures of your children on Amazon. Even with Google, you know, the, the Google searches are, are, of course, very personal, but Facebook is something completely different. And because of that, it has gone through many iterations of, of I remember every time Facebook would change their privacy policy, it would be, you know, heavily scrutinized, and everyone would be posting about it and talking about it. But the reality is, they were adjusting to being actually more specific and and covering their themselves because, in the early stages, they made it very general. It's like we're we're going to basically take your data and do whatever we want with it, and it became what it is now to be a lot more subtle to draw their own lines what they will or will not do based upon the feedback they've received from users. So, what do you think? I mean, do you? You think we're going to see some sort of regulation with you? You mentioned a little bit earlier. You see, you wouldn't mind seeing something. Yeah, I, I think uh, based upon again, I I haven't given my own personal assessment, so I'm just kind of regurgitating what other people have said, like most people, frankly. But from what from what I've heard, um, people are receiving the Facebook uh, or Zuckerberg's testimony well. Some evidence of that is that the next day, uh, Facebook stock is still mm-hmm. up. It right? increased. It, it went up. Can, yeah. It would increase, right? Yeah. And whether that continues or not, you know, we'll, we'll see. So that that gives some indicator of what the market thinks. And so, uh, and I and I feel like if there was some kind of fear of regulation, that the market would not have reacted that way. And then second is, I I don't think that there is a a, a desire to do that. I don't think even people people care about data being sold. But I do feel like pe- at the end of the day, people are going to be self aware. And, and responsible for themselves. Forget about self-regulating. Responsible for like, look, if I'm going to be participating on an online forum and sharing this data, I'm going to have to have change my expectations of what what's going to remain private. Mm-hmm. And and you know, as, with as sophisticated users um, in the past, and you, you and I have you just talked about how we're lawyers, we have a, maybe a little bit better understanding of what these terms of, of service do. We still participate in social media, and we know that these guys are know quite a bit about us, but maybe we don't care. But yeah, but now maybe we have a better idea of what that actually means. Well, I challenge you on that because I, I don't know if you even knew about this, but I, I recently did this. You can request to download all of your data from Facebook, which I did. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, is it scary? I, I mean, I was going to say scary. it could definitely be scary. Like I've never been, I've never been a incredibly active user of Facebook, but 
I mean, I, I'm, you're probably like me in that we were we were early adopters of Facebook just because at the beginning it was only certain people could could access it to begin with. Um, so our data goes back all the way. I think it was what 2006. I'm trying to remember something around there. But I was going back and it, I downloaded the data. It, it sent it, emailed it to me. Um, or sorry, requested it. They emailed it to me. I downloaded it and then I was just scrolling through and has everything that I've done or that someone's posted on my wall or something for the entire time that I've been on Facebook. So over 10 years of data that they sent to me. And it's, uh, I think the the real scary part is probably the, the one where it tells you what ads or what advertising um, groups that were targeting you and companies and things like that. But I don't know. I, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you should try it and, and see what comes how, up. How do you do that? Um, let's see. I think you, you go to... I think you just, I think it's pretty simple. I think you just go to like the top right where it says settings. And then at the bottom of like all, there's like a couple of options. And one of them says like download your, your data. And then you hit that. Like I said, they'll email you when it's done and then you download it. I think I just accidentally forwarded it to Russia. <laughs> Whoops. Can we talk one, one funny thing? Well, there's a couple of funny things, but the thing I found funniest about only, only one about the hearing was how he had that he, he had all these, you know, canned answers to questions and he had this little, this, you know, two page book or two pages of notes that he had. And we're talking about data privacy and then he gets up and just leaves it wide open. And somebody took a photo of it and got all of his (laughs) canned answers on there, which I mean, it was nothing too crazy, but it was just funny how the whole hearings about privacy and he just, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of like leaving your, your Facebook page open when, you know, when you're in college and then somebody, you know, your roommates come in and just mess with it, which happened many times, both to me and by me. So that's basically what (laughs) we had here with Zuckerberg at at the uh, congressional hearing. That's funny. Well, I think the second thing I, which you may were going to mention was the booster seat, right? That was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. How tall, how tall is he? I don't know, but like, he's not short enough to actually, I think need that. Yeah, um, I didn't really get it. So I guess the first day he had a booster seat in front of the Senate, and then you know in front of the House, they he didn't have it for whatever reason, possibly because of all the internet memes that went <laughs> went out that same day. It was very uh, on Facebook, very robotic. Well, even even in my office, I was in the kitchen and people were watching, ironically, the hearings on Facebook. So I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, certainly interesting. Uh, like you said, I mean the. His his net worth went up because stock went up. So I mean, I guess I guess it was a win for now. But like I said, we'll have to see how this plays out. You know, it's obviously there's this is not not finalized by any means. But from from a business owner's perspective, I think the the message is pretty clear that you know if you have again we've said this fifty times, but you know whatever you have in your terms of service or your privacy policy, you just have to follow those guidelines. You you set the term. Let's see one of his canned answers. We set the terms, and you know, you control what you provide to us. And I mean, that's, that's basically how it is from a business owner's perspective. You set the terms, just follow it. And if a if a user doesn't want you know doesn't want you to share their data, they'll let you know, and you have to follow that. And, and that's really the danger of using canned terms of service too, because business owners tend to just you know just to you know cut it short. They copy and paste and so forth. It may or may not be a good fit for you. 
and really don't spend time thinking about the actual business terms that you want to consider. And this is whether you're, you know, selling products or services online or, you know, generating, you have some kind of online review site or have a social media community. Really, you know, you need, you need to sit down and think about, or a subscription box, uh, you know, that's a common client of ours, a subscription box business. You know, how to deal with returns, how to deal with uh, customer complaints, you know, whether or not you're going to actually uh, save any kind of data, for example, of even prospective users, whether you're going to be able to email them, newsletters, et cetera. These are all things that can be easily addressed in your terms of right. service. Exactly. Can't emphasize that enough. Well, very good. So I'm going to see, I'm trying to download my Facebook data. <laughs> well, if I get it, I'll download it. It's very riveting because, it, like, like I said, I was... <laughs> The ad stuff I don't really care about. Uh, I, I didn't go through in detail, but just really, that's the only thing. I think that's the only well, thing. Well, no, it, really it was more so like I saw everything that people had posted on my wall, and you know, I go back seeing stuff. I was sending it to some of my friends, and you know, they we could. It's basically like almost reminiscing. We could like we could just remember exactly what the circumstances were that one of us posted something like that, and I don't know. It's it's pretty pretty entertaining for sure. Probably the mo the most use of Facebook I've had in. I don't even know how long. <laughs> well, very good. Okay, well, I think that's our episode for today. Yeah. Thanks for joining yeah. us all. Keep us on, keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.